high high is that better hallelujah hands down probably don't need to be that loud thanks <coughs> so <coughs> excuse me so um hi um, God's been taking me through something for the last couple of months, and uh, I'm not I'm not quite there yet, you know. Um, you know this whole position in Christ, you know it's it's so simple, yet there's so much to know. You know, and you know God's been taking me through a fair a fair few things in the last couple of months but it's it's all sort of one journey it's all sort of one theme and it's just sort of the ins and outs and all of that and you know whenever whenever you're preparing a message usually not always the case but um, quite often um, you might end up preaching just on what God is teaching you lately because that's something God is taking you through but if you haven't I mean you could you can read something in the word you know, and you can know about something, but unless it's changed you, it doesn't really have power. And if something doesn't have power in you, then you don't really have authority to go and talk about it from maybe the pulpit or something like that. You know, I can probably teach on it all I want and quote all the scripture verses I want, but in the end it would just be words and, you know, you might get some good things from it, but... If it hasn't changed me, if it hasn't hit me by revelation, then it lacks power and it's it's not really going to bring change either. So, when I've, I've been trying to, really trying to prepare this message for the last two weeks and not much has really been happening because I've been going through what I've been going through <coughs> and, you know, and I'm thinking, okay, God, what do, you, what do you want me to speak on? What do you want me to speak on? And it's kind of like... I really feel like I should be speaking on this, but something's wrong. I feel really uncomfortable about doing this. And it's like, then you start to doubt yourself and you think, okay, should I actually be talking on something else? So, okay, what's a word that the church needs? What's a word that people need? You know, and I start going into other things and it's like, oh, no, that just doesn't feel right. No. And then you try this over here and it's like, no, that doesn't feel right either. I really feel like I'm meant to stick with this, but I feel like something's missing. Something's wrong. You know, and it was more than just, I haven't, experienced victory or, or some grand revelation in this area yet there's something else wrong and I, I couldn't really put my finger on it you know I was missing something and earlier on in the week I've, I've had a little bit of an interesting week you know um, but earlier on in the week I, I had a I'll say an interesting day and uh, and then I got some spare time that night to you know start working on the message just stuff I was already working on and, you know, I sat down to start reading scripture. And um, it, uh, I got interrupted, you know. I read, I read through the portion of scripture where I was reading from, and then I was going to start dissecting it, and that's when I got interrupted. Anyway, I'll, I'll, we'll read the scripture first, and then I'll, and then I'll talk about what happened. Um, so let's go to Romans chapter 8, and uh, we'll read verses 1 to 8. Really good passage of scripture. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? Oh, how good is that? That is, that is like gospel right there. That's it. You know? 
That's you, you may as well close your Bible. That's oh, I love it. It's fantastic. I'm going to read it again. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin. Did I miss a line? Yeah, I did. I'll just go from verse 3. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, oh no, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Do you know that we are the fulfillment of the law? If we've got Christ in us, we are the fulfillment of the law. And that right there should abolish any arguments that we need to work in order to, to, to gain some sort of sense of salvation. Every law has been fulfilled in me and therefore I am righteous because every law was fulfilled in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus lives inside me. Right there. That's it. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So, I was reading that passage, and I got a text, a very distracting text. See, someone had set me up to fail. Have you ever been put in that position where someone puts you in a position where you're absolutely bound to fail, and then when you do fail, according to the position they put you in, they get upset with you? I was put in that position, and so... You know, I got a very passive-aggressive text off someone. And, uh, you know, I, I read it. And I was like, what? You know, I just got blamed for something. And they're like, and now I'm going to bed. Good night. End of, end of discussion. Don't even talk to me about it. I was like, okay. So, you know, then I'm trying to focus on Scripture again. I'm trying to do this. And I'm, I'm reading and I'm like... Why would she say that? <laughs> no, not Hannah. <laughs> not in this church. This person is not in this church. No one here knows this person, actually, I think. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying to read scripture and my brain is so distracted right now. It's just not happening for me. And I walk out here, you know, I was, I was in the office down there. I was, I was trying to work on my message, and, and I got so ticked off. And, and I walked out here to, to pray and vent to God, you know. And, uh, and I'm like, Lord, what's going on? Why, why have I just been put in this position? And, you know, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not uncommon knowledge. Like, like it's common knowledge that one of the devil's tactics is to distract you when you're about to read Scripture. The devil doesn't want you reading scripture. Why? It reveals the truth. It says the truth of who you are. And the devil doesn't want you to know that. So he tries to distract you from reading the word. 
because it's one of the most important things in your life and it's going to tell you exactly who you are in Christ Jesus and just how much victory you have in Christ Jesus. And that's why the devil tries to distract us all the time from this. And so this was just a little little devil's ploy that would just distract my mind so I'd go off on a tangent and be all angry and start venting and walking around in circles like I sometimes used to do, you know, when I'm supposed to be prepping a word. Most inconvenient time, you know. And uh, I was... I was thinking about it, and, and, and God was talking to me, and, and I, was, I was praying. I'm like, Lord, I need some perspective right now. That's always a very helpful thing to ask for, you know. And so I was like, God, I need some perspective. And, and God just showed me Jesus on the cross, you know. And when you always come back to the cross, it invokes a response in us, or it should. You should be moved by it. And I thought, you know what, Jesus loves me so much that he did that for me. And I thought, wow. And I stopped and I, I lifted my hands. I was standing right there. I lifted my hands and I said, I love you, Jesus, so much. I love you so much, Jesus. I love you so much, Jesus. You know, and the title of my message tonight is From Victory. See, quite often, you know, we always talk about works-based faith. And... We quite often think, no, I don't have a works-based faith. I know I'm saved in Christ Jesus. But it's amazing just how much our motivations or our thought patterns or our actions will probably tell someone else that, hang on a tick, why are they doing this? You know? It's, it's amazing the, the deep things that go on in our heart that we don't actually think about. Maybe we're, it's not actually coming from the right spot because our mind hasn't quite comprehended what the Spirit is trying to tell us. And as a result, Christians, quite often, um, we're, we're trying to work for victory when we should be working from a position of victory. You know what I mean? We're, we're doing quite the opposite of what we've already been given. And, you know, the Bible tells the truth. I just said that. The Bible says that our position is in God's love. We're in the center of God's love. We're in the center of his justification. And his redemption. When we have given our lives to Christ Jesus, that's it. And so when the devil tries to distract us, he tries to try to he, he tries to tell us that we're not in that position anymore. See, again in Romans chapter eight, later on, it says, Nothing can separate us from God's love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Absolutely nothing. The devil knows that he cannot separate us from God's love, but he will try and separate our mind from God's love. We'll try and say, no, you're not there. You know, and, and sometimes we get convinced, even if we don't realize it. We just buy into this lie. And so I was, I, I was there and I, I was like, wow, Jesus really loves me. And I said, you know what, Jesus, I love you too. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And my next thought was, if I'm saved in Christ Jesus, you know, if, I've, if I'm in this position, then I have, according to the Bible, everything that the cross has to offer. Therefore, every blessing is already mine, and I don't need to ask for it. 
I just need to thank God for it. And what I was really after was peace. I was after peace in that moment because my mind was running in circles. It was in a little bit of turmoil. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to prep a message and I've had like a little sneaky devil run into my brain and start just whispering garbage into my ears, you know. And so I'm after some peace. I'm after just some tranquility. I just want to go back and spend some time with Jesus and put some notes together. You know, that's really what I want to do. And, and I thought, how many times have I asked God for peace because I haven't felt it? Because I don't feel like it, you know? And so I thought, you know what? I've already got peace. I just don't feel like I have it. So, so then my next, I was, I was standing there at this stage, <laughs> you know, because I'm walking around the church in circles. And I said, thank you, Jesus, for your peace. You know, because I knew I already had it. I said, thank you, Jesus, for your for your peace. And I was saying thank you even though I didn't feel like I had it. Thank you, Jesus, for your peace. And, um, like I didn't say please. You know when you say thank you? When, when do you say thank you? Like just in a normal conversation with people. What, what's got to happen for you to say thank you? You receive something. That means you've already got it. And then you say thank you. In the past, like on, upon reflection in the past, I've often said thank you because I think that a good attitude will cause me to receive. You know? It's a little bit silly. <laughs> and I, but it, it was that time I, I don't know, I just I thought it on, uh, on another level. Just no, I already have even though I don't feel. I've already got it. So thank you. When we say please, what's... What happens? Well, in relation to God, yeah, sorry. I, um, but in relation to people, if you're saying please, what, what's going to happen? You're asking for something, you know? You're saying, please, can I have? And then someone gives something to you, you know? And, and quite often our prayers are filled with, please, can I have? Instead of thank you, because I already have. And... Uh, like it, it, it kind of seems harmless, but you, you take it to a bit of a deeper level and we start to see some issues with it. Please comes from a works-based faith. A works-based faith says please. Thankfulness says I have. Oh yeah, I've read that. Please says can I have. It's when, when we're saying please, can I have, you know, as if I don't already have, it's, it's we're actually condemning ourselves. I mean, it, 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 it says here in the passage we just read, you know, that um, you know, the flesh uh, condemns. The flesh brings condemnation. When we're thinking, I don't already have, so I need to ask, it's like, well, maybe the cross of Jesus hasn't really worked in my life. Um, it actually reveals that we're doubting God's character. We're doubting his integrity. We're doubting the power of the cross and, and everything that Jesus accomplished. And so we're not really asking with any sort of faith. James 1, chapter 5 to 8. Let's go there for a second. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, 
that's driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Doubting God's goodness is not going to receive God's goodness. I mean, the same is with people, really. If you think that someone's not a good person, you're not going to expect anything from them. Well, you're really not. You won't get any more because... I mean, I mean, here's the absurdity of it all. God has given us everything in Christ Jesus. Literally everything and more than we could ever imagine. And if we're going to accept Jesus into our lives, that means we've accepted that God has given us literally everything, because it says it in the Word. If we are then going to look at everything that God has given us and then continue to doubt that God is not good or that he's not all-powerful in our lives or that we are not indeed free, then why should we... Why should any victory actually eventuate in our lives? If we doubt God's goodness, we won't get it. Because we are in fact pushing it away. We're not accepting it. That's the issue. It's available. We're not accepting it. And, um, I mean, in the past, whenever I've asked God for peace, this, this is how I do it. A little bit different to what happened the other night. In the past, I would usually ask God for clarity on the situation. I'd ask God to help me to understand what's going on in my heart and why I'm feeling the way I do and if there's anything that needs to be sorted out. Okay, then I'd go through some things with God and he'd show me what's going on in my heart. Then after a while, I'd say, okay, God, this person seems pretty upset with me. What, what's going on in their heart? Help me to see things from their point of view. Why do they feel the way they do? You know, And then it's like God sort of puts me in their shoes and, and then I'll begin to understand some of the things that, that they're going through and why they're acting the way they're acting and all this kind of stuff. And then it, you know, it helps me to have compassion for that person and all this kind of stuff. And then, okay, then you've showed me what's happening in that person's heart. Now show me what's going on in the whole situation. Like what's affecting what? What good can come of this? All this kind of stuff. You know, where's your hand in this? And, and God will show me some things. And then, you know, at the end of it, I kind of think, well, I understand now that this isn't really directed at me, but there's this going on. And you know what? This has given me... You know, I, I can move forward down the right way. I mean, that's sort of what I always understood as peace, you know, the, the understanding to, to continue without, you know, getting offended or, or something like that. But this, what happened earlier in the week, this, this was a lot different, and I'm sure some of you have experienced this before, but, but I never had, so it was a bit of a victory in my life because I finally approached things from a different point of view. I was, I was, um, I was starting to walk down, down the aisle there, and I, I kept thanking God, for the peace that he'd already given me, you know, even though I didn't quite feel like I had it. And then it was like this amazing euphoric feeling that came over me and I, and I physically felt it and I, I, I buckled a little bit at the knees because it, it just felt so good and I, I was so filled with peace and I thought, wow, I feel really amazing, you know, as if nothing bad was going on. And, you know, I, I went back to my phone and I just texted this person and said, look, I'm so sorry, I let you down, please forgive me, you know, I'll try not to do it again, you know, blah, blah, blah. And and then this person, you know, sort of took on a playful tone and they're like, oh, yeah, no worries, um, I'll just let you off this time, ha, <laughs> you know. And and the conversation got a, got, got a lot lighter after that. 
you know. Um, but I, I felt so good after that. And it was in that moment that I, I sort of realized what I'd be speaking on because it's like I've just had victory in this area. I've just had a, this awesome revelation that's hit my mind and now I'm changed and now I feel so good. And it's like, yes, I've got my topic, you know. And um, it was just this whole thing of, and it just hit me right there. We work from victory. We don't work for victory. Hallelujah. Moving around in scripture a little bit. Can we please go to Colossians chapter 3? And we'll read 15 to 18. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. <laughs> to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Hallelujah. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. With thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do. In word or deed. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Hallelujah. Thankfulness is the great key to victorious living. Thankfulness is what says, I've already achieved victory. I don't need to try and earn it. I don't need to work for it. You know, I'm, this is my position. I'm standing in victory right now, and I will operate from that. I am more than a conqueror, because I don't really need to do any conquering. It's already happened. I've just got to accept it. I just want to read that last little bit again. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. When we keep Jesus Oh, we sang it tonight at the center, you know, his death, burial, and resurrection. We operate out of that. That's where the victory comes from. When I, when I started praying, I said, Lord, give me perspective. I saw the cross. That's the first thing God showed me. That's the only thing God showed me. And then there was my response. I love you, Lord. Thank you so much. I am free. Thank you for the peace I already have. All of our perspective comes from the cross because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we often, you know, as I said before, the devil tries to take us from Scripture. Scripture is so amazingly powerful because it defies what we feel. I can feel one thing. It doesn't make it true. I can feel all the emotions while watching a movie. doesn't make the movie real. And we let our, our lives be run by our emotions and all of this stuff that we feel and something happens and we just interpret it to however we want and then we have some sort of emotion reaction or if we're really, you know, um, balanced, we just sit there and we, we remain composed but we still get affected somehow, quite often. And yet, an emotion doesn't necessarily mean that something is true. And so we need to be declaring the word of God over our lives and believing what it says in spite of our emotions. 
I don't feel like I'm at peace, but I know I've got it. In Jesus' name, I am at peace. Thank you, Lord, that I am at peace. I have everything in Christ Jesus. I don't feel like a conqueror, but thank God I am a conqueror. I don't feel free. I feel like I'm in chains. Thank Jesus, I am free. I'm in a little bit of preach mode tonight. Let's, let's finish off Romans chapter 8. We're not going to read the rest of the chapter, but we'll just read verses 9 to 11 and, and, and we'll finish up. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If you're in this room and you've accepted Christ, this is for you right now. Simple as that. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. In fact, I'm just going to finish it there. Victory is ours. You better believe it. We work from it, we don't work for it. That's works-based faith, that's self-condemnation, that's doubting God's character, that's doubting his ability, that's doubting salvation on your life. We don't say please, we say thank you because it's already ours. Stand with me, let's pray. Father, we are so thankful of everything that you have done for us, not that we could ever comprehend it. It is way too big for us to understand. The simple gospel of Christ Jesus is the most powerful thing in the entire universe. And you live inside us, Lord. You live inside us and you have set us free from every chain. Every chain is broken in the name of Jesus. Every bondage is broken. Every demon cast out. Every enemy trick thwarted. Hallelujah. You have given us the mind of Christ. We are identified in the spirit and not in the flesh. We are made righteous. We are being conformed in the image of Christ. We have peace. We are led by your grace. We are free in your name. Father, develop, us, develop in us this mindset of thank you instead of please. Because we trust you, Lord. We believe you, Lord. All these things you said in this word is, is true and amen, Lord. It is who we are. The devil can lie all he wants. Our mind can play tricks on us all he wants. All it wants. But nothing can separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus. We are here. This is our position. Done and said. May we not think, even in the subtlest of motivations, that we have to earn some sort of victory or earn some sort of appeasement, but that we are more than conquerors because the battle is yours and it's already won. We stand in a position of victory. We stand in the center of your love, in the center of your will. May this affect every part of us. 
may it blow our mind every day. And Father, whatever we do, whether in word or deed, may we do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And may we give thanks in everything. Thank you, Jesus. You are so awesome. We love you. We love you. We love you because you love us. Have your way in us. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Therein endeth the lesson. 